Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to today's episode of Trundle Bed Tales. And today we're going to take on a little bit different of a topic, but one that I think it's kind of important for people who are reading about things in the 19th century or studying about things in the 19th century to think about, and that is turning of the seasons and how the house was affected when you went from fall to winter. But before we get going on that, We've got a little bit of housekeeping. First off, if you would like to call in and be a guest and ask a question or just listen if you're out and about, you can do that at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253 or toll-free, 877-633-9389. That's 1-877-633-9389. And if you miss an episode, you can always catch up by streaming it later, either uh, from direct links on my blog and website, or on my Blog Talk radio page, or you can download it from iTunes and take it with you. Now, as far as uh, things coming up in the next month, we're going to have at least one more update uh, for what's going on in Laura fandom for the year, and that will be sometime close to, well, sometime this week. Um, I'm going to try and get the date for my next interview set for sure before we do that one so it may be a little further into the week but we'll try and get the November update done we still have a few things going on and then that probably will be it for the Laura updates um, for the at least the rest of, of the calendar year though you never know if enough things come up we'll keep doing them and, and go ahead and do a December one too uh, then Later this month, we're going to be doing an interview with uh, somebody who I think knows about more than about Carrie Ingalls Swayze than just about anybody. So I'm looking forward to that, and that's the interview I've got to get to the exact date on yet. Uh, we're also got a little off schedule this month. We didn't get a Travel Times episode in, and we've gotten the subject... Uh, episode with me a little later in the month. Hopefully we'll get things straightened out a little bit in November and we really won't be uh, going too far off with that then. So keep an eye on the schedule and hopefully we'll be able to get some dates for some of these things pretty soon. And that should take care of the housekeeping. So, what our topic is for today is uh, how things changed in houses 
going from fall to winter in the late 19th and early 20th century. And it really is a sort of a topic that a lot of times we don't really think about anymore. I mean, today, our houses don't change a lot from season to season. If you have central heating and air, your house is going to stay pretty much the same. You might swap out summer clothes for winter clothes. If you live someplace temperate like the Midwest, or you might uh, do decorations. In fact, my mom is just chomping at the bit because as soon as Halloween's over, she can start getting out her pilgrim figurines that she just loves to have to play with. Uh, So that kind of thing happens, and then Christmas and so far uh, like that. But it isn't really a lot. Houses tend to stay pretty static. That is not the case in in the past, in the late 19th, early 20th century, and probably even before that. And that was one thing when they were first getting house museums and uh, living history sites going that a lot of times people didn't think about. And they'd sort of have things and they would stay the same pretty much all year. It would just be like a frozen slice of time and they tried to hold it to that time period and not do any kind of fluctuation with the seasons, which really was really an inaccurate portrait of what was going on in these kind of historic situations. So one of the big pushes when they started to get uh, more and better information into living history presentations in the 1970s, what they started to do was dress the houses for the season. And that's something to look for as you're going through living history sites. If you've got a good living history site, things are going to look a lot different if you visit in um, May or if you visit in August. And to try and have that kind of difference is something that really good organizations strive for. So let's think about uh, some of the things that might have changed between the seasons. One thing is definitely, uh, and this is true to some extent in the late 19th century, it's definitely true by the time you get to the 20th century, and that is storm windows and screens. Now again, with central air and central heating, our windows tend to stay the same, but it used to be a big project that every fall you would get out storm windows and put them over your regular windows. This would help keep out some of the cold, it would protect the windows, and it actually would create a sort of a pocket of air, which is one of the best insulators that you can have. So uh, this would be a big thing, and you'd see people out with their ladders changing out the exterior windows and putting up the storm windows. And in fact, when they sold my grandma and grandpa Utah's house, uh, my father says, and the storm ladder window or storm window ladders were still under the porch because they had special ladders that they only used once, uh, really a year or twice a year to put them up and to take them down, and they just stayed under the porch the rest of the time, and they hadn't had to do it for uh, the last few years, so they were just still left there under the porch, and they may be sitting there yet for all I know, but uh, that's something that could happen. You might have windows in a house uh, 
again in the 20th century where there would be screens and that you would uh, take part of the window out to make the screen window open a little easier. And in fact, sometimes these storm windows wouldn't even over the glass, you'd The focus was on trying to Sorry about that. We got cut off. Okay, so uh, we had, we were talking about the 19th century, and what they would do uh, for various things, they would try and add extra insulation. And you could do these this a couple ways. You can put up fresh tar paper. Tar paper was a very popular um sort of insulation. It didn't have a lot of value, but they would put tar paper up, uh, any fresh tar paper. They'd look for any leaks to cover up new places and make sure the roof was repaired in full. Uh, Some places, if you had uh, like a tar paper shanty, you would actually, they'd cut sod and put sod up around the house because sod's a lot better insulator than, than tar paper and wood and build up at least part way a wall of insulation. And uh, Laura talks about in a Little House in the Big Woods about putting extra straw and hay around the base. And that's something that they did a lot also. So they would try and make sure that everything was as snug as it could be. And then they'd start doing extra things. And one of these would be that you would close up part of the house. If you had a a bigger house, you may just be using one or two rooms because you didn't have to heat. Now, bear in mind that their idea of having things heated were not our idea of having things heated. A lot of times you wouldn't have a stove in a bedroom. There was an idea that it would be, you know, warm downstairs and in the bedroom you'd be under the bed clothes. You might have a foot warmer out of soapstone that would be heated up and sort of warm up your bed like that. And you'd have body heat. You a lot of times would not be in a bed by yourself. You would be in a bed with other people. And part of that was because they didn't have a, a lot of times a lot of money or a lot of space. Part of it, it was just body heat. And it would keep you warm through the night. So um, they didn't really necessarily need it heated to the level that we think we need it. But there'd still be uh, times when you would want to maybe close off rooms and not use it so much. Uh, Eventually, during the long winter, they end up not using the front room in the store because that way they can just keep the heat in the smaller room and it would take less fuel. And that's something that would happen a lot. If you had extra rooms, you'd close off some of them during the winter. Uh, And... You also might end up closing doors. If you have two doors to your house, you may end up using just one of them during the winter because you could pack rolled up pieces of cloth up 
underneath the door and around the door to try and keep that space full and kind of block any extra cold coming in. So it may be if you were in a house that had a front door and a back door, you may just use the front door or the back door over the winter and have the other one closed off and uh, trying to keep the heat from escaping through that. If you were going to, during the summer sometimes, you kind of look at this heavy Victorian furniture and you think about sitting on that and on a 90 degree day, sitting on something that's velvet covered is not always the coolest. So sometimes over the summer you'd see them put some sort of covering over chairs and if you had something like that, you'd pull it off for the winter. So that would be something that would look different. If uh, there was, sometimes they would put fly netting, and uh, Pa, again, during some of those DeSmet books, talks about having the pink fly netting over the windows in place of screens. Uh, you'd take that down for winter because you wouldn't need it anymore. Your windows would be closed, and it really didn't provide any insulation, and then you'd put up fresh the next year. Uh, you'd probably switch out your clothes. Now, they didn't have a lot of times a lot of clothes during the 19th century. You'd have, you know, your school dress and then your um, home chore clothes and your nightgown. But you probably wouldn't have too many, but you would have different clothing for summer and winter. Now, I have shivered through several events in my calico during the winter, and it's not good. <laughs> wool is really something that you want to have during an Iowa winter. A wool dress is lovely. Um, and they also would have different underwear. You'd go into the red wool union suits or gray wool. Sometimes they were uh, union suits during the winter. And that would change th too, that you would put up the summer clothes for a while and then just use the winter clothes uh, and to switch it out. You'd start having more coats and capes and muffs and hats and things like that that you're used to seeing with winter clothing and they'd be out and closer to the door where they would probably have been put up somewhere. You'd be getting more blankets out and more quilts. A lot of times they were kept in cedar chests. Now, we know now that cedar doesn't actually repel any of the things that eat uh, wool and but people still like to keep things in cedar chests because it does make them feel nice and they're often very pretty. But you'd, a lot of times it would have some kind of cedar chest and it would be full of blankets during the, the summer and then during winter you'd get them out. You'd also have uh, food coming in in the fall that now what might have been getting a little empty over the summer, you're now going to have... Uh, things that would store well, apples, and again, they're v different varieties that store well, uh, and those aren't necessarily the ones that we like today, but you'd have things like apples, things like squash, things like potatoes that would last a long time, and you'd bring those in to the house, and you would uh, have them available to, to eat during the year. If um, you had a chance to dry fruit, like they do during on the banks of Plum Creek, if you had a chance to can and um, put up preserves, you'd try and have as much as you can on your shelves at 
this time of year is probably going to be the fullest that your pantry or your root cellar or whatever would be during the course of the year because you'd want to have as much food as possible stored away down there for winter. So the house is going to look different that way because all the storage space is in use. Now by spring, that's going to start be looking empty again. And by the time you get to midsummer, it's going to be almost totally empty usually, and you'll start the cycle over again and start canning and slowly building it back up. The change in seasons would affect the change in diet a lot too. And we don't really think about this too much because really our diet doesn't change that much in winter. But they, for the most part, would have what they were able to store. So what they were able to can, what they were able to um, dry, what they were able to just, you know, put in, in various storage uh, containers and have them keep, and that is not going to be anything really that's green and leafy. And think about it: you would most likely not have anything close to lettuce the and uh, for months at a time. That's why there's recipes of things like people using dandelion greens for salads when they first come up in the beginning of the year is because they are just so desperate for something green because they haven't had it for so long. Also, they're going to be eating a lot of things that are canned or that have been stored in some way. So you're getting things that are canned, things that are dried, things that have been put down in salt. Uh, And even things that if you buy in the store are often going to be in that kind of category. So if you got oysters, they're going to be canned. If it's going to be meat necessarily, maybe won't be fresh meat. It'll be canned meat or it'll be meat that's been salted. And so you just got a lot of stuff that started to taste kind of the same over the winter because uh, while things, you know, really taste different when they're canned. There's still sort of that canning texture and canning flavor that kind of comes through. So their diet is going to have a lot of that in it over the winter. And as opposed to early spring then when you can start having greens again and can start uh, moving off of sort of the canned stuff for a while and moving on to other things until the cycle continues and they come back in. But just think about that for a minute. Think about that it would really be months when you wouldn't be having anything fresh to eat. And I just don't think we give enough credence to the effect that that that, um, must have had on people and what a different change that is in our lives that at any time of year we can go into the grocery store and get lettuce or get apples or get, um, you know, what have you along those lines. Now, uh, another thing that uh, would be affecting the houses in the 19th century would be light because you're going to have a lot less light during the day because of the shorter hours. Uh, If you have something, you know, over the window is partly insulation 
it's going to be keeping some more of the light from coming in. If you're going to be having a window, it's not going to be a huge picture window like we think about or even a large uh, normal window like we think about. It's going to be panes of glass. And the window size, for the most part, is going to be smaller. Now, not that there weren't some houses with big lights, but as or big windows. But as a rule, we've got these smaller windows letting in less light. It tends to be darker during the winter, both from the hours of daylight and just from the general weather, the, the storminess and clouds and, and overcastness. And that's going to keep light from coming in. So it's going to be a lot darker. One experience that I had uh, sort of with that was when we went to a historic meal at Living History Farms at their 1900 house. And when we walked into the parlor, it was really like we had walked into a wall of kerosene fumes. And it was because there were like six kerosene lamps going in this parlor. And that really was atypical. They were trying to reproduce with kerosene the light levels that people are used to with modern electricity. And that's just not something that they would be used to at all. You would normally have one lamp uh, for a room, maybe at the table. And it it is pretty darn dim trying to do things like read or write or do your homework next to a kerosene lantern or lamp. And it isn't that it's impossible, but compared to what we're used to, it really, you would have to work at it. And that means that the days are productive activities are also going to be shorter than they were in summer because just for the fact that you had less light. So you're probably going to end up going to bed earlier and um, not having to have the opportunities to be out and about like you were during the summer. And... It just really is something, I think, that is a mindset that we don't really have anymore, exactly how much of a change that is going on, exactly how much of a change uh, that the seasons would have on effect of our lives, on uh, everything from uh, totally changing to how we dress to changing how we ate, to changing what rooms of the house we could be in, to changing the amount of light and productive activity that we were able to do. So next time that you're looking at something from 19th century history, think about how that change would have affected uh, affected people's lives, how it would affect your life if there's that big of a change. And I want to thank you for listening today and uh, hope that you will keep an eye out and ask questions next time you're out at a living history site or a house museum that you'll think about how the seasons have impacted our ancestors a lot more than they impact us. 
and that you'll join us again for the next episode of Trundlebed Tales Radio, where we're going to be talking next time to Julie Williams, who is one of the world's experts on Carrie Ingalls Swainsey. And we will see you all next time. Thanks for joining us for Trendlebed Tales. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.